Bay FM 99.9, the community voice of Byron and beyond, on air and online. And we've got a, a lovely man with a lovely belly in the belly kitchen today. You, you sound, well, you sound a little bit like a woman when you're talking about your uh, your belly. We love, we love a bit of belly on a chef, Gavin Hughes. Welcome to the belly kitchen. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes, um... I was just saying to Rachel that my wife told me this morning that I'm letting myself go a little bit and I need to lose a bit of weight. So I've got a little bit of a belly happening and uh, yeah, hurt a little bit. (laughs) Is that actually, how hard is it? Because when you're working with food, I mean, as I just said to you, I don't really trust a skinny chef. I like to see (laughs) a little bit of, you know, meat on someone that's cooking my food. Look, you're right. It's really hard, but I think you've got to learn like everything to discipline yourself. Still have nice food but don't have like 100 grams of cheese, maybe just have 20. And lately, I think I've just been I've just been going for it. I don't know why. Maybe it's stress. I'm not quite sure, but everything just tastes so wonderful at the moment. Maybe it's the warm weather. I, I'm not sure. So I think you do have to watch what you're doing. Do you also find, I don't know about you, but when I was working in hospitality for all those years, is that you only really ever get hungry when you actually finish, like at 3 o'clock in the morning or something like that, because that's most people's yeah. end of the day kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really, really good question, actually. Again, um, eating late at night, like I've got this craving for having like cheese on toast at two o'clock in the morning with HP sauce on it. It's not very, it's not very fancy or gourmet, but we sort of crave for these salty, strange things. Your whole body clock's stuffed up when you work shift work, if you're not nurse, doctors, whatever. But I guess it's just trying to have a good look at your lifestyle and try and make the changes, but don't give up eating great food, though. No, no, not at all. Well, you're a man that knows a lot about that. And I saw this article. I thought we might just go through the medium rare truth of dating a chef. I mean, you're not dating anymore, but you're married. But it was, as you read that story, there's uh, some really interesting things. This lady, Danny V, she was a blogger. She wrote about uh, being married or, or at the moment she's not quite married yet, but actually being in a relationship and being involved with someone that has a greater passion in life, which is, I think, you know, like a really serious chef starting off. How does it go with relationships? Look, it it can be really hard. I mean, I mean, I'll confess in my first real beautiful girlfriend, love of my life, she actually left me because we, it wasn't very romantic. At nights, I was so excited about cooking. I would sometimes read a cookbook in bed and I'm not, I don't think it done our sex life any good from time to time, but you know, I, I was just, I was just dedicated at the time and also very stupid looking back on it. Now, what was I thinking? So she did say to me like, you know, what about me? And because she wasn't a chef. So it's just very hard sometimes, but reading cookbooks in bed when you're 17 is probably, I wouldn't advise anyone to do that actually. But it can go either way, can't it? I mean, you can either just accept that this is your, this is your, your life partner's passion and kind of find ways around it. But from what I've read from this blog and also from a lot of the responses from this story was that it's, it, it's, not, it's not easy. It's really not easy. A lot of relationships well, just break up. It is. Like, like, like I said, it's, it's really, really difficult. And I do think in a way that you have to accept it's, it's an extension of yourself as a person. It's very hard to just go, I work nine to five and then I just shut down. I think everything in our lives is involved around. If it's a day off, I've been at the farm this morning. And everything involves food. I get phone calls from staff. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, I hate to say it, but it is a bit of a lifestyle thing as well. But every now and then, turn your phone off. 
It's a little bit like belly. Everywhere I go, I'm looking for a food. I see food stories everywhere because it's kind of a part of, yeah, a part of my life as well. So how does, how is it? I mean, you don't really ever get weekends or, or off or nights. I mean, do you take them off now? Because it's been, you know, been a while. Do you get to choose? Um, look, I think being a chef and it's very difficult. You do have to make that time. You have to manage yourself. But I still believe you've got to be in it and you've, you just have to be there at crucial times. Friday night, Saturday night, it's not fair to take those nights off. People expect chefs to be there on those nights. They're pretty hard people. They expect me to be at the, the resort all the time. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but I guess that's the industry we're in. But every now and then it really does sort of peeve me off a little bit. You do have to have time off, especially when you've got a family. Well, also missing out on things, people having, you know, gatherings and things on the weekends. It's just something that, I mean, hopefully you just try and invite them to wherever you're cooking so you can sort of be a part of it. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Look, I've missed out in so much. And my advice to chefs is, is get a good boss like me and try and make time for your family and your social life. If you work really hard for your boss, I'm sure there's ways that, you know, you shouldn't give up everything for cooking. Now, I did for a long time and that, that was my my doing. But I think advice is it's really important. Give your boss plenty of notice and map the long weekends you want off to go to festivals, whatever, because that's why that's, that's how you keep staff. If you don't get weekends off and you just work them in the ground, they end up leaving. So it's, it's important to me as much as I can do it to actually look after people. So it is important. So you said the first love of your life left because of your chefing, but the second one obviously hasn't. How did that come about then in you know, a world where you're, oh. <laughs> you're, you're head somewhere else? Oh, this is a funny story. She, she's probably not listening to this, so I'll, no, it's not. Basically, I met my beautiful wife. She was very beautiful, 25, I must admit. She had two odd socks on as well. I just loved her. She was a bit oh, of a like rebel, that. a bit naughty, which I like in a woman, and a great sense of humour. I met her when she was travelling around Scotland. She'd come over from Australia, and I gave her a job as my second chef. How tacky is that? Why? Why is that tacky? Because, well, because ob you obviously to the romance was there, probably from the word go. I did like her, but I thought, hang on, I'm my boss. And I kept saying, don't, you can't mix. And I think maybe after three or four months, it just happened naturally. We went out and had a drink one night, and the rest is history. And then we had to try and keep it a secret from the staff. And that was very embarrassing and very difficult to do. Are there certain, you know, rules like that in the kitchen? Or can, is anyone sort of open to anyone? No touching in the kitchen. No, we we do like our own space. I'm very much about that. No, no, not really. I mean, I don't I don't see a problem. We've I've seen many a relationship flourish in kitchens in the kitchens that I work in now. I think it's quite nice, but I do tend to get the two of them together, and I actually tell them this story about me. And I know they probably think I'm making all these stories up because I do tell a lot of stories. And I tell them, I said, look, you get treated the same as everyone else. Don't ask me for the same days off every week because I'm not. And we just have a have a line. But they still do, and they still ask me. But it's, I, I just treat them like everyone else. If I can give them the time off together, I will, but I don't do it that often. So is your wife still working with you? Yeah, she's actually cooking lunch at the Barn at Barn Resort and Spa today. I popped in to see her earlier before I came out here on my bike, and, yeah, she looks nice and hot and very sweaty today. Is she still your second chef? Oh, God. She thinks she's the boss in there. Ask anybody, you know. No, look, she, she just comes in. She's actually my rock. You know, I hate to say she is my second chef. Um, she understands me. She works really, really hard. She does. And she's a good cook. She's a brilliant cook and a pastry chef as well. So she's a handy tool. Do you think it's actually easier then to be in a relationship with someone that's already in the kitchen rather than, you know, try and sort of fit in with a nine-to-fivers kind of life? 
Absolutely. Like, you I mean, like, we, we, we've got two kids and the kids are very supportive of us. They know that we're not going to the movies together, going to fancy restaurants. We're actually working to try. And, and that's what parents do these days. We're not alone. We don't, we don't feel hard done by. But it is tough on our family life sometimes. Um, we do tend to talk about work more than we need to. And even my 15-year-old son said, look, can you guys not talk about work anymore? So it's, it's really important that you try and not bring it home. But it, it, look, it's, it's the way we've always lived. We don't know anything else. It's mad, it's crazy, but we kind of like it because we're crazy. Yeah, it seems to suit you. Um, so what do you do? What do you do to try and keep this belly off? I mean, you rode here today. <laughs> Where did you ride from? I've, I've actually ridden up to the lighthouse from the Byron to Byron Resort. I'll ride around town a few times and do some people watching, take some photographs on Instagram. And then, because nobody knows me because I've got these skins on and dark sunglasses. Yeah, whose tights have you got on? These are my wife's tights. I'm really good. I, I just said to one of the fellas in the in the office that I always said I'd never be one of these little middle-aged men that wear lycra on bikes. Well, I'm really sorry, guys. I confess I'm a liar, but I do cover up my manhood with some baggy shorts. Thank you for that. We really appreciate no worries. it. And the crack at the back as well. <laughs> but you do a bit of riding around the Shire as well. I mean, it's important, isn't it? Because it's physical work in the kitchen. There's a lot of like, how, how, your feet, how do your feet hold up and your knees and things like that? Because I read about some sort of injuries, you know, in this blog this, yeah. that we read. Well, like I said, I've, I've had three knee operations in two years on my right knee, if anyone knows me. Um, and it's really tough on your joints. I've had two operations on my left. And I guess it's like being an athlete. Seriously, as you get older, and we all know this, you've got to look after yourself. You've got to look after your body. It's when you realize you only get two eyeballs, two knee joints, and all of a sudden things become a little bit more clear in, in what you've you got to do with your body. So also Epsom salts. I spend a fortune on bath salts, and I try and go into the ocean every morning and, and just bathe my body a little bit. I just try, and good shoes. A lot of it's common sense, but it's being, it's having that awareness as you not get older. I don't think I'm an old, am I an old man? No, you're no. not, definitely not. But you, you do have to look after yourself because it's a very mentally and physically very challenging. Do you think there's going to come a day where you just can't do it anymore? I don't know. It, look, I mean, I'm not, it's, it's really addictive. It's a really crazy thing to say. It's like a magnet, like you... You can't wait to get in there again every day. God knows why. It sounds really crazy. I mean, I like my time off. But when you have that responsibility and that sense of ownership, you'd, it, it becomes an addiction, but it's also really quite horrible as well sometimes because it's important to have time off for yourself, just on your own, and it's also important to have time off for your family. That's why we have kids, so we can spend time with them. So sometimes it's very hurtful, you know. But again, we're not the only ones doing this, shift workers, whatever. It's just really tough out there. Do you find sometimes all of those sort of maybe thoughts that once you go into the kitchen, does that all drop away and you just sort of get lost in this world of, you know, where you want to be? A little bit. Look, I'm, I think, I don't know, like when I became a father, and I like to think I'm a, a great dad, you don't stop thinking about your kids. So I get really frustrated when people call in sick and I have to do the extra hours, and et cetera, et cetera. Like my little boy said to me last week, my eight-year-old, Dad, we only saw you twice last week and that really hurt me. And I made a commitment to him, and it, it just grates away. And honestly, if I didn't have the kids, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind so much. But it's when you've got kids and other people, not just yourself, that it's it's very overwhelming. Like I said, but what what do you do? What are they doing at the moment on the school holidays? Oh, dare I say? I'm sorry to say they're probably playing PlayStation. And my little, I'm going to take my kids out after this interview. I'm going to drive back to Ballina. Not going to ride back. 
uh, and I'll probably take them out for an ice cream. I take them out every day like walking little dogs. They have to get out. They need to exercise. But they're quite happy in the house on their own. 15-year-old looks after them, makes some toast and rubbish like that. You know, it's a bit like a squatter's day when you go in there. But that's what they do. Are they listening in today? Probably, Probably not. not. They're, they're really, like I said, they're really embarrassed at me. At the moment. I'm not very cool. I used to think I was a cool dad, but mm. no, probably not. But I, I just think it's really important to make that time for them. But as I say, it's really important to make time for yourself as well. I was talking to someone on the weekend, a lovely lady called Dee over at a friend's place, and uh, she said that her kids said that she wasn't cool. And she said, I was cool before I had you, so you've made me uncool. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? That's an awesome answer. Isn't like it? I, like, I honestly think, I don't know, look, look, I've got my baseball hat on back to front. I'm cool, okay? I keep trying to say it, I want to get the respect for my kids, especially my 15-year-old, but he's just not giving it to me right now, so I act like a dork instead. I just sort of act like the way my father acted with me. Ah, uh, The Belly Show, worth fighting for. Beautiful track from Darky Roots. Did you like that? Is it a bit of a drifty, dreamy, summer day, holiday track? Not- what's, what's your style of music? Um, I like a little bit of everything, actually. I've, I'm a mixed bag sort of guy. I don't understand people just listen to one type of music and say that's all they like. To me, music, whatever taps your foot. I like a bit of dance music, a bit of violin music, classic FM, triple J. I could just listen to anything. Do you play Bay music? FM. Yeah, thank yeah, you. mustn't forget about that. Do you play music in the kitchen down at the Byron Byron? Yes, we do. But again, music, as you know, is a very personal thing. So a lot of these guys listen to what I call angry music. And I don't like listening to angry music when, when I'm cooking. And they always just put the volume up too much, so I'm getting old. And I was like, can you turn that down? Because it's an open-plan kitchen and people can hear it in the restaurant. So it's just got to be background music. You know, it's quite relaxed. It's like being an artist and having something relaxed in the background. But I love music. Can't yeah. live without it. Well, you love it too. So it is a school holiday. You notice it's a bit busy out here when you're riding up to the uh, lighthouse, is what you're saying? Yeah. it's <laughs> a bit like too busy? I can smell the coconut oil from the beach hotel. It's like manly beach out there today. Maybe not as squeezy, but I, like I said, it's funny how you take it for granted that when the beaches are deserted, then it's really quite busy out there today. And it's actually, it just makes me realise I'm, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. We're all lucky to be here, to live here and not have to go home or to not have to come here and try and unwind in a week or something and, and feel like you have because you've got the hippie clothes on and, uh, you know, kind of walking with a jingle on your your ankle or something. What's it like down at the Byron Byron on school holidays? Is there lots of families and stuff asking for food? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a completely different resort at certain times of the year, which is quite nice. You know, like there's different different people, different vibes. But this time of year, it's it's quite zooey-like. It's, it's full of kids, mums, um, dads, sometimes stressed out because I know what it's like to take my, my children away and they'd be quite naughty. Trying to control them is quite embarrassing as well some days, so sometimes I pretend they're not mine. Just look the other way. But no, it's really, yeah, it's really busy at the moment, which is fantastic. They, these guys keep us in the job, you know. Yeah. Do you have to put special things on the menu for school holidays when there's lots of kids? You know what sells there is lots of, for some reason, because the, a nice day like this, everyone's down by the swimming pool. So we tend to sell things like, well, more like sort of junky style food, if you like. It's nothing healthy, like fish and chips, hamburgers, pizzas, just hot chips. That kind of stuff is really, really goes really well at this yep. time of year. Just fast. So you've uh, romantic of many stories, as you were saying. When are you going to put, I know you're not going to write a cookbook, but you're going to write kind of a storybook, aren't you? Oh, I really would love to find out more about that. Yeah, so I actually put on Instagram the idea that does anyone buy my book? And not one response. It was a sort of tongue-in-cheek question about some of the captions I write are quite 
I'm not a storyteller by any means, and I'm not a very good writer, but I've always had aspirations to do a book based on my stories, my experiences in, in the Northern Rivers, going to the markets, working at the Byron of Iron Resort. I've, I've gathered so much information, I can't tell you. So I just need to find somebody who believes in me and somebody can tell it the way I want it to be told, not just a cookbook. Yeah, so have you already written a lot? I mean, put it down on, on sort of, well, paper or computer or whatever? A lot of it's in my head, but I, I, it's just a matter of collaborating all that information and then speaking to somebody that, that really understands me because I want it to be a mixed bag book, humorous, serious about about the producers, about the people I've worked for. I mean, I might not sell many copies, but it's just something I feel I want to do. What you mean, and then sort of interdispersed with a few recipes along the way and things like that? Exactly, ah, yeah. So more of a story with recipes thrown in rather than just a whole bunch of cook, uh, recipes. Yeah, I just don't want a straight up and down cookbook with me sitting with the front page with a big hat on a glass of red in my hand, you know, even though that's quite nice. I, I just want it to be a real book about, about me about and, and a little bit of seriousness as well because, I mean, I know I sound like a sort of joking sort of character, but I do, there is a very serious side to me like everyone, so I want to try and get the balance right. Yeah, I'm still trying to. You've probably got a name for it though. Have you thought about a name already? Actually, I haven't. No, that's a good... I, I should really start search, soul searching for something. You can have a competition here on Belly. Yeah. It's just about, you know, my experiences, with even with people that have um, severe allergies and, and things that can happen when you make mistakes, when if you don't adhere to, like, people that sesame oil is a big one. And, you know, like, I don't want to sort of tell you too much, but it's, it's that severe and that serious sometimes, and we all make mistakes. And, and it's just going to be a book about, you know, maybe the night I nearly poisoned somebody or something like that. I don't know, you know. <laughs> I shouldn't say too much in case I get fired. No, but it's good. That's what we love about your honesty. And it's really nice to read or to hear something of the stories that you wouldn't usually hear from a kitchen. I mean, most people kind of, you know, tell the things that happen and the things that they do within the kitchen. But there's all these things that you would only really ever mention between friends or the people that are in the kitchen would know about. So these kind of some of the things you're, yeah. you're planning. Yeah, I think like you're right. Like because of the Instagram thing, I don't want to keep plugging that because it's not the yeah, end go of the on. People... People are really fascinated by some of my stories in the kitchen and a lot of black and white shots I take in the kitchen. I like to do black and white because I think it looks quite moody. also makes the kitchen look cleaner as well. There's a little tip for you guys out there. But people, and I get so many likes on it, things that I don't think are that cool. And I just think that there's a real sort of need for people to want to know what goes on behind closed doors. It's not all just like what goes out to the table. And I think that that rawness is really important in your life as well, like to actually expose a little bit of that. Why not? You yeah, know? exactly. Well, we could write a book here about Bay FM, I'm pretty sure, over the last 25 years. Oh. It would be volumes, annuals. <laughs> Amazing. So when are you expecting this to come out? Oh, so you want to put a shout out? Give a call out to someone out there to get in touch and help you write your book. Yeah, go on. Somebody help me. There's a lot of people out there that know me. They know I'm the village idiot and know I'm very serious as well. So if anyone's got any ideas... Contact me. No ideas are stupid ideas, they say. How can we contact you? Instagram. <laughs> oh, I know. You can just come at the bar and the bar and just knock on my office door. I'm like, you'll, you'll track me down. You see me in the markets every week. Or riding around in your Lycra. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> on, in, in the skins, as they're called. In the skins. All right. So thank you so much, Gavin, for coming and sharing a gorgeous part of yourself, as always. I love your honesty. Have a beautiful rest of the day, hey? Stay cool for your son. Yes. Your sons. 
Hi, well, and Rachel, thanks for having me as always. You look beautiful today, by the way. I like your little dress you've got on. Oh, thank you. And I just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting me. I always say remain humble and enjoy your holidays. Bay FM 99.9. Coming to you live from the heart of town.